I wonder what it must have been like to be at that meal, at the Passover meal that Jesus shared with his closest disciples just day before the crucifixion. Is their conversation hurried or expectant or are they rather still and somber? Certainly a sense of the sacred holiness of that night and what they are doing together must permeate their conversation and their prayers. The disciples could not imagine what was about to transpire. Judas might have known that change was coming because he had made a decision to turn Jesus over to those who would harm him. And at least according to John's gospel, Jesus is aware that his hour has come. And as we hear this story about Judas and this meal and the betrayal, we know and the writer of the Gospel of John knows that Jesus is not speaking abstractly about his death and betrayal, but about real life, real death, his life, his death. As we hear this story and take into our hearts and mind all that it might mean, we hear the impact Think about the impact of what Jesus is doing. Every move he makes, every gesture, every word, we treasure because we know the story will end with great suffering and with a torturous death. During the Passover meal, Jesus leaves the table, taking off his outer cloak, and he takes a towel and pouring water into a basin of water. He stoops down to each of his disciples and he washes their feet, drying them the towel. And in the silence, after he finishes, he puts his cloak back on and he asks them a question. Do you know? Do you know what I have done to you. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Jesus understands his identity. He knows that he is connected to God in an intimate way, that he is in a deep relationship with God, his beloved. And he embraces his mission to love God with all his heart and mind and his strength, and he will love his neighbor as himself. He knows that God has a vision of abundant life and wholeness for every living creature, and he works to connect people to God, the God of faithfulness to all generations. Jesus claims his identity and mission as Lord and teacher, but not in the way the religious leaders or the political leaders define it, not even in the way those closest to him may define those words. 
He responds only to the call of God to be Lord as servant Lord, to be master as servant master, full of love and extravagant mercy for the sake of the neighbor. No one can sway him from this path, not even Judas's treachery. This kind of Lord and Master is, is too much for Judas. The Lord as suffering servant, the Lord as dying master, just doesn't really make sense to him. And maybe it doesn't really make sense to us either. Maybe we can understand Judas and the desperation he must feel that brought him to such a decision. It's difficult, isn't it? to really, in your bones, in your bones, believe in such love and mercy that does not reach out to repay the sinner for their sin. Can you believe it? How does one make sense of a love that turns away from self and turns towards humanity, even when that Humanity is fickle, faithless, and feeble in faith. Love like that simply confounds our wisdom, our knowledge, our way of being in the world. It takes our breath away. Over these next three days, we will enter into the path that Jesus walked upon. We'll enter into the chaos and the intrigue and the treachery of the Passion story. We enter what the historic church has called the three great days, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter vigil to hear ancient stories and celebrate the first communion of the resurrection. And as we do so in these three great days, as we stand beneath the cross of Jesus and kneel before the empty tomb, may we learn to know ourselves as ones loved and found by God, held in the grip of God's grace and abandoned to the promise of new life in Christ, who is priceless treasure. Amen.